Every day when you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet has an original point of view. <laughs> And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play and get along with each other. You got to listen to your heart, listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message and it comes from the heart. Oh, believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. Start and dancing, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. It's a simple message, and it comes from the heart. Believe in yourself, because that's the place to start. This is the story of Arthur. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. One hundredth episode, baby. This is the one hundredth episode. This is the one hundredth episode. Oh my god! I know. Wow. Crazy. Hello. Hello. I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, one hundredth episode. That's so many. It's so fucking many. This is also your eighth episode. Oh, happy anniversary to me. I know. Yeah, welcome to the 100th episode of Toys R Us. The podcast where I don't fucking care if you love Donald Trump and hate me for hating him. Suck my fucking dick. (laughs) (laughs) Co-signed. This is the 100th episode. If you haven't picked up on the fact at this point that I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a bad time. Put in that. Also, we don't like we don't like pedophiles either. Yeah, Just, you know, or pedophile police full officers. Disclosure. You know who you are, <laughs> or maybe you don't because you stopped listening twelve episodes in. You dumb fucking inbred piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's just the way things go around here. Yep. Put in the clip of Doctor Phil like. Call somebody a bitch. He called someone a bitch? Well, I think he... So he was, like, reading something. Uh... Like, a text or something. 
but now people take it out of context. It's so fucking funny. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, cool. Shut the hell up, bitch. Go kill yourself. Go sit in the middle of the road and let a car run over you. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. You're an alcoholic. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the general statement. That was the most amazing, beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. Right? I just want to make that my my text tone for somebody that I don't like. Yep. I just want to defer to that, too, for a lot of situations. Right? Yes. God damn. Shut the hell up, bitch. Go kill yourself. Go sit in the middle of the road and let a car run over you. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. You're an alcoholic. I refer to that Michael Jackson meme where it's like, I love this song. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's me right now. God damn it, man. Welcome back to the fucking Toys R Us podcast. It's episode 100, (laughs) baby. (laughs) We're off the fucking rails. Really, though, 100 fucking episodes, that's nuts. It's a lot. That's for sure. A lot of podcasts that I listened to before I started making podcasts, like, quit after, like, 30 episodes. Yeah, guys, this is getting to be too much, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, excuse me? I'm doing two yeah. a week, bitch! That's true. But, we're here to talk about the history of a piece of your childhood. That you may or may not have loved. You may find out that your friends surprise you by not loving the things that you loved as a child and thinking that we're, quote, too old for them. Like this week's topic, my favorite piece of childhood memory, Arthur. Was that a uh, specific dig at me? or? Oh yeah, it's a fucking golden engraved shovel with your name on it, dig. At you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Just checking. Okay. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me once again is the Buster Baxter to my Arthur Reed, Heather, who that is lost on because she didn't fucking watch Arthur. (gasps) Okay, well, I didn't know. Okay, so thank you, I guess. You're welcome. Welcome, welcome back. I want to clarify that while this is episode 100, it's not the 100th episode special. I'm going to put that up uh, this Wednesday so I don't flood your feed with two episodes in one day. What's the 100th episode special? Um, like a clip show, um, some bloopers, I got some like uh, promos for some other podcasts that we're friends with. It's just a smorgasbord. Ooh. Yeah. But I wanted to do for the 100th episode Arthur because Arthur was my shit growing up. 
Also, today, May 25th, is canonically Arthur's birthday. Oh, that's so nice. I know. So, I figured, you know what? Perfect timing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That being said, let's get ready to head to Elwood City, shall we? We start our story in Erie, Pennsylvania, or, you know, I can't spell Pennsylvania. So, you ever, like, autocorrect so fucking bad that autocorrect just gives up? Yep. Let me go ahead and just send you how how I tried to spell Pennsylvania last night, so you can go ahead and just laugh your ass off. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Pencil Pennsylvanianus. Now I showed that to Alex. Pennsylvanianus. I showed that to Alex, and Alex said that that sounds like the scientific name for a male villain. (laughs) Yep, that. Yep, that checks out. Pennsylvanianus. Pennsylvanianus. Villanus Morissette. Holy shit, yes. So, Erie, Pennsylvania, not Penis Valanis. On November 25th, 1945. That's where we meet up with, and I kid you not, these are Mark Brown's parents' names. Are Mm -hmm. the most redneck names I've ever heard. Oh, fucking try me. His mom and dad's name is Leroy and Renetta. Mm-hmm. Leroy and Renetta. And what are their last names? I mean, it's Brown. Mark oh. Brown. But Leroy and Renetta, that's hella country. It's up there. It's it, We could probably do worse, but they're definitely up there. Yeah. Um, Renetta, uh, Renetta. Renetta's maiden mm-hmm. name was Tolan, which I only bring up. Renata. Renata. Renata Brown. Renata Brown, you better get your ass back in this house get right Renata now. Renata Brown. Renata Brown. Leroy and Renata Brown. <laughs> my dad, okay, my dad, for whatever fucking reason, and I wish I, I wish I would have just asked him, he would get the biggest fucking kick. Out of spelling the word brown. I don't know what it was, but he would go... would be like, Dad, spell brown. B-R-O-W-A-N. And he would just start laughing his fucking ass off. And I don't know why. Huh. So yeah. Fucking Leroy and Renetta B-R-O-W-A-N. <laughs> uh, they just brought into the world a baby boy named Mark Tolan Brown. Now, he would later go on to change the spelling of his name from the normal Mark with a K to Mark with a C, but we will get to that. Young Mark was the baby of the family, and not for too long because the family ended up having a fourth child and a third sister to him. He has three sisters, Bonnie, Colleen, and Kim, all of which he used later on in his uh, character development. Um, because Bonnie is meant to be Muffy, and Kim is meant to be DW. 
Mm-hmm. Which has to feel bad when you're watching Arthur and you're like, wow, DW's a little bitch. Is that, is that what you think of me? Yeah, I probably would have written my sister like that, though. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you would have, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't hate it, though. She didn't hate being compared to DW. Later commenting in the Naples Daily News, Being the baby of the family, I suppose I had to be assertive in order to be heard. But I never imagined my creative big brother one, would one day model a character as wonderful as DW after me. I am truly honored to be an assertive aardvark that millions of children all over the world learn lessons from every day. Oh, Which is a good way to look at it. That is nice. Um, the brown siblings grew up listening to stories told to them by their grandma, Grandma Thora. Which you may know is deliberately the name of Arthur's grandma. Because he really did, like, pull a lot of his world and put it into Arthur. That's nice. Uh, She encourages them to explore the world around them and find stories anywhere they can. In third grade, he attended Lakewood Elementary, where his passion for drawing was kindled by his uh, loving grandma, Thora, who saved his artwork in her bottom bureau drawer. And he said, "I uh, I know it must be special because she didn't save many things. Which is nice, because, you know, like, when you make something for somebody and you see that they are using it in some capacity, it hits home, you know? Yeah. You hate, like... Absolutely. And you know, when you when you do something nice for somebody, I mean, they just look at you like you're an asshole. That's the worst. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not a good time. But when you can tell somebody fucking appreciates you, then it gives you that drive to want to do more, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he took all that love Shame. and talent through all of middle school and high school, and while attending McDowell Senior High School, his art teacher, Nancy Bryan, introduced him to watercolors, which he now uses as the basis for all of his uh, illustrations. Hmm. He was inspired by other artists like Mark Chagall, which is why he changed his name from Mark with a K to Mark with a C. And Maurice Sendak, you know, who made Where the Wild Things Are, and also Little Bear. Nobody ever fucking talks about the fact that he made that. I remember Little Bear. I love Little Bear. I love Little Bear. I love Franklin. Oh, Franklin. She was smacking back then. I remember. Yeah, we had some really good stuff. The Busy World of Richard Scary. Remember that? Oh, shit. Yes. yes. Hell yes. Which, that will be an episode, because, man, that was some good shit. It was great. Um, he once told an interviewer, Through art books, I discovered the work of Mark Chagall, and was so impressed, I changed my name from Mark to Mark with a C. A light went on with okay. Maurice Sendak's Where the Wild Things Are. I had no idea the potential of the field of children's <laughs> books. Sendak may well have determined the course of my life. Recently, I was looking through my high school yearbook and noticed that under my picture, in the blank after the word ambition, I wrote illustrator, which I'm sure is a post-Sendak uh, ambition. I like people that aren't afraid to admit they had like heroes in their field. 
You know, like some people like to pretend that they're like, oh, yeah, I've been Billy Badass my whole life. But it's like, no, somebody instilled this love into your head, you know? Like, you don't just go into shit blind. Mm-hmm. Um, with the financial help of Bramathora, he was able to major in graphic design at the Cleveland Institute of Art. Even with the opposition from his colleagues, he continued onward with his dream to be a children's book illustrator after graduating. Shortly after graduation, he began working as a truck driver, short order cook, soda jerk, assistant college professor at Garland Junior College, television art director, actor, and costume set designer for WICU-TV, which is an NBC affiliate. In an interview with Scholastic, he looked back on these jobs, explaining why they didn't pan out. He said, I was a truck driver, but I kept getting lost. I was a short order cook, but I didn't know what catch a fish, hit it with rye, and put a pair of shoes on it meant. Can you guess what it is? It means tuna fish on rye to go. Uh, Then when I was a TV art director, I got fired because I wanted to put the weather woman on a swing during the 6 o'clock news and she would be dressed as a fairy. A weather fairy. Which, uh, Okay. okay. Might as well. Then I was teaching at a college that had been in business for 106 years, and when I started teaching there, it closed. Uh-oh. Yeah, the universe is like sending him signs like, dude, you have to fucking write. Yeah. Eventually, he presented a sample of his drawings to the publishing company Houghton Mifflin in Boston, um, Massachusetts, who offered him a $5,000 deal. This offer allowed him to confirm his decision of making professional illustrating his career. The first book he illustrated was Isaac Asimov's What Makes the Sun Shine, which won a Children's Book of the Year citation from the Child Study Association of America. After about five years of illustration, Hewton and Mifflin offered him freelance work in illustration, and he decided to try and finally create his own stories. The popular Arthur books began when Brown's son wanted to hear a bedtime story, and he made one up about an aardvark named Arthur, stating in relation to the alliteration that if you start with an A name, you can only go up. Which makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, The first Arthur story concerned the youngster's dismay over his prominent nose. I just imagine being an aardvark and trying to play hide-and-seek and my nose getting in the way. And if I, ha- if I had a cold, there would really be trouble. And I was making it up as I was going along. Uh, I can relate to that. Oh my fucking god. I'm gonna smack you in the fucking head. <laughs> right in the fucking head. Bonk. That's nice. Bonk, bonk. Bonk. Um, Brown collected his tales and drawings and submitted them to an editor. And six months later, the first Arthur book was published. And there has been a shitload of Arthur books. From 1976, you have the first book, Arthur's Nose. Then in 1979, Arthur's Eyes. 1980, Arthur's Valentine. Uh, 1981, The True France Scene. 1982, Arthur Goes to Camp. 1982, Arthur's Halloween. 1983, Arthur's April Fool and Arthur's Thanksgiving. 1984, Arthur's Christmas. 1985, Arthur's Tooth. 1986, Arthur's Teacher Trouble. 1987, Arthur's Baby. 1988, The W All Wet. 1989, Arthur's Birthday. 1990, Arthur's Pet Business. 1991, Arthur Meets the President. 
1992, Arthur babysits. 1993 had a lot. Uh, DW thinks big. DW rides again. Arthur's family vacation. Arthur's new puppy. 94, you had Arthur's first sleepover. Arthur's chicken pops. 95, you had Arthur's TV trouble. DW the picky eater. Arthur goes to school. In 96, you had Arthur writes a story. Arthur's reading race. Glasses for DW. Arthur's neighborhood. Arthur and the true Francine. In 97, Arthur's computer disaster, Say the Magic Word, DW's Lost Blinky, Arthur's Really Helpful Word Book, Arthur Tricks the Tooth Fairy. In 98, Arthur Lost and Found, Arthur's Really Helpful Bedtime Stories, Arthur Decks the Hall, Arthur's Underwear. In 2000, Arthur teacher, Arthur's Teacher Moves In, Arthur's Perfect Christmas. And then in 2002, Arthur It's Only Rock and Roll. 2006, Six, Arthur jumps into the fall, and 2011, Arthur turns green. There's also a shitload of chapter books, which were mostly, like, um, novelizations of the episodes. Gotcha. So you have Arthur's Mystery Envelope, Arthur and the Scare Your Pants Off Club, Arthur Makes the Team, Arthur and the Crunch Serial Contest, Arthur Accused, Locked in the Library, Buster's Dino Dilemma, The Mystery of the Stolen Bike, Arthur and the Lost Diary, Who's in Love with Arthur, Arthur Rocks with Binky, Arthur and the Popularity Test, King Arthur, Francine, believe it or not. <laughs> uh-uh, who made that one up? <laughs> ah. uh, Arthur and the Cootie Catcher, Buster Makes the Grade, Muffy's Secret Admirer, Arthur and the Poetry Contest, Buster Baxter Cat Saver, Arthur and the Big Blow Up, Arthur and the Perfect Brother, Francine the Superstar, Buster's New Friend, Binky Rules, Arthur and the Double Dare, Arthur and the No-Brainer, Arthur and the Comet Crisis, Arthur and the 1001 Dads, Arthur Plays the Blues, Arthur and the Bad Luck Brain, Arthur Loses His Marbles, Arthur and the Nerves of Steel, and Arthur and the World Record. That's a lot. Yeah, there's a shitload. Then there's books only about sports, and then they made uh, 8x8 paperbacks as well, which a lot of them are just the chapter books from before. The one to note here really is Arthur's nose, because it's the major departure from the character design that we all know as Arthur today, because that's when Arthur actually looked like an aardvark and he had like a long-ass nose. But Mark, mm. Mark was too afraid that kids might be too afraid of Arthur, so they redesigned him. Jesus. Oh, yeah, because, like, there's a huge difference. Let me, uh, send you a picture here. Which year are we looking at here? 1976. Oh, yeah. Definitely a huge difference. Yeah. Huge long nose. Yeah, it's definitely definitely scary looking, comparatively. Can relate. You cannot fucking relate. I'm gonna smack the shit out of you. I still can't. Oh my fucking god, I'm gonna smack you in the fucking head. <laughs> um, Character-wise, we have the following. Arthur Timothy Reed. Which, you know, main character. Gotta fucking love the guy. Uh, Dora Winifred Reed, a.k.a. DW. It's eventually revealed that Dora Winifred was her great aunt's name. She is a boss-ass bitch who is definitely a hundred times more ba- uh, badass than Angelica Pickles. Oh, yeah? Yes. There's fucking... Okay. There's no goddamn debate. 
You have the youngest sibling, Kate Reed. You have Arthur's best friend, a bunny named Buster Baxter, who his character was designed on Mark's best friend from middle school. He also has the first PBS spinoff show called Bust, uh, Postcards from Bust, uh, wow, Postcards from Baxter. Hmm. Yeah, I can't talk. You know this. Hmm. Hmm. Francine Alice Frensky, which was a tomboyish monkey who picks on Arthur in kind of like a childhood crush type of way. She mm-hmm. has an older sister named Catherine, and she, what's crazy is like a lot of the cast was also on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, God. Because, you know, it's Canada, and they just fucking shared voice actors and actors. I do. I really do. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I see you on both Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? I see you ruining my life on all levels. (laughs) My God. Who hurt you? All of them. All of them. Okay. You know what's fucked up about Tale of the Dead Man's Float? It doesn't even get him picked to be on the Midnight Society. That's the most fucked up. I think you and I met. We talked for a little bit. And I think we got on the subject of Are You Afraid of the Dark pretty quick. And one of the first things we talked about was what is the scariest episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it was like a a very mutual, you know, obviously it's yeah. Desmond. Like we, we answered at the same time, almost like it's Desmond. Yeah, it was like that scene Desmond. from Step Brothers. John Stamos. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> did we just become best friends? It was a, yeah. <sighs> so it was very early on. It was one of the things we bonded over. And clearly it's not just us that are traumatized by Dead Man's Float. Oh, no, it's, it's a lot of fucking people. a generation, so you should have put some respect on that name yeah. early on, and you fucked up. You did. Definitely fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Muffy Alice Crosswire, who is another monkey, and she is the quintessential rich bitch. Like yep. Paris Hilton hoopst. <laughs> the Kardashians hoopst. Speaking of which, have you seen Chloe Kardashian? I don't want to talk about it. I feel really bad. My favorite thing I'm is so that sorry for her. someone said Chloe Kardashian has photoshopped herself into Denise Richards. <laughs> I feel so sad. Because people have bullied her her whole life being, like, the fat, ugly one. I know. And even though one face ago, two faces ago, she was gorgeous, perfect, she's never going to feel like she's enough. Yeah, no. she's pretty enough. Absolutely not. people have ridiculed her her entire life, and now she's never going to feel good enough. Yeah. And even though she was perfect... She's just going to keep doing this, and I, I'm i not going to ridicule her for this, because if she feels pretty now, good for her. Right. But she's probably going to keep going, because, you know, yeah. it's enough. And I just, I'm devastated. I'm devastated. 
Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, Muffy has an older brother named Chip. Um, then you have Alan the Brain Powers, which is a bear and the smartest kid in class. He was also based on another friend of Mark's who's in, who incidentally was the smartest kid in class. You have Shelly Binky Barnes, who is a bulldog and also the class bully. Who was based on a bully in, you know, Mark's childhood years. Uh, in later seasons, in a later season, his family adopts a baby girl from China named Mei Lin. So he has a little sister. You have Sue Ellen Armstrong, who is a cat that loves karate. She's based on Mark Brown's right. first crush. I feel like if that if it, if cats were to do an extracurricular activity, it would be karate. Sure. I think they're built for it, right? Totally. Uh, Fern Walters, a light brown dog who is the class bookworm. George Lundgren, a dyslexic moose who is shy and loves puppets. Pr- mm-hmm. Prunella, who is a prissy poodle, and she has a sister named Rubella. Tommy and Timmy Tibble, right. who are just the fucking worst. They're basically the DW's to DW. Right. They're bear cubs. You have Emily, which is DW's best friend. She's a white rabbit and a way better gymnast than DW would like her to be. Mm-hmm. You have Molly McDan- well, McDaniel. Well, Molly McDonald, Binky Barnes' right-hand man in their gang, the Tough Customers. She's a white rabbit who takes no shit. You have Rattles, who's okay. another member of the Tough Customers. Uh, what's weird about Rattles is that he's changed three times from a cat to a dog, and right now he's a bear. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whatever works, I guess. Then you have Slink, who's the final member of the Tough Customers, uh, another rabbit. Adult-wise, you have David Reed and Jane Reed, which are Arthur's mom and dad. Grandma Thora, Grandpa Jack, um, Belvedere, which is Muffy's chauffeur, Bubby Frensky, which is Francine's grandma and was voiced by the late, great Joan Rivers, Mm. Uh, Bitsy Lynn Baxter, which is Buster's mom, Bo Baxter, which is Buster's dad, Buster's mom and dad are divorced. Oh no. Yeah. Um Edward Crosswire, Muffy's car dealing or well, car dealership owning father. If you think of Veru- uh Veruca Salt's father, that's basically Ed Crosswire. Got it. Yeah. Uh and then you have Muffy's mother, Millicent. You have Oliver and Laverne Frensky. Oliver is a hilarious garbage man who loves his daughters and and his wife. I mean, you know. You have Herbert Haney, the principal of Lakewood Elementary. He's well mini, but he's, like, very airheaded. Mm-hmm. You have Sarah McGrady. She's a dog. She's Grandma Thora's best friend and head of the cafeteria at Lakewood. And then you have Nigel Charles Ratburn. Arthur's least favorite teacher, but... He means well, and he really only cares about his students getting a good education. Most recently, he was in the news over his wedding to his husband, Patrick Ratburn. Mm. Like, it caused a lot of shit. 
I'm sure. Like at the uh, uh, the PBS affiliate in Alabama would not even play the episode. <sighs> not surprised. Yeah, and he is based on Mark Brown's mean math teacher, Mister Rathbun. A Rathbun is just a Popeye's biscuit with no drink. Oh dear. Right? You ever tried to eat a Popeye's biscuit with no I... drink? No, I have not. Doesn't sound pleasant. No, it's like being choked. Very slowly. But deliciously. I feel like I just said that like the chills guy. Choked very slowly oh, yeah. but deliciously. Stop. And then you have just a fuckload of celebrity guest stars. Uh, Art, Gar- Art Garfunkel, the Backstreet Boys, Matt, wow. Matt Damon, Fred Rogers, oh my God. the wickedly That's talented Adele Dezine, uh, <laughs> Johnny Damon, Coco Taylor, Lance Armstrong, Larry King, Michelle Kwan, Mike Timlin, Neil Gaiman, R.L. Stein, um, Taj Mahal, Yo-Yo Ma, Alex Trebek. Wow. Yeah. And then you have uh, DW's imaginary friend, Nadine, who is a squirrel. Got it. Yeah. Most of these characters belong to the PBS show, Arthur, and not so much the books. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, Mark Brown didn't want to do a TV series because he thought like the medium wasn't really respected. Because at the time, it really mm-hmm. wasn't like TV didn't I think started being respected as an actual good medium until like mid two thousands. But he he right. knew that it would get the message of Arthur out a lot faster than waiting for book sales, so he struck him a deal with PBS and. It actually worked out like crazy because not only is the Arthur the longest running children's animated show, it's the second longest running animated show behind The Simpsons. And there are only eight seasons wow. behind The Simpsons. Wow. Yeah, as of the end of ni- uh, 2019, there had been 246 episodes. Which is nuts. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, along with two hour-long television special, um, five shorter television specials, and a CGI movie that was released in 2006 named Arthur's Missing Pal. Before I talk about some of my favorite episodes, I want to talk about the soundtracks that have come out. You have Arthur's, or you have Arthur and Friends, the first almost real not-live CD and then parentheses or cassette tape because this came out in October 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the songs on the CD aired in shorter form- forms on the TV episode Arthur's Almost Live Not Real Music Festival. Others were heard at other times on the program and some were never seen on the TV show. Tracks on the CD include the show's main title theme which is called Believe in Yourself and is actually performed by Bob Marley's son Ziggy Marley. Uh, the rest of the soundtrack goes library card. Crazy bus. 
crazy bus, crazy bus, riding on a crazy bus, riding up, riding down, driven by a funny clown, a wacky goony, goofy spoony, high as a plane or baloney. Crazy bus, come with us as we ride, 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 ride. Arthur versus the piano, the UFO song, Meek for a week, Jekyll and Hyde. One day I went to the library. I found this book. It was great. It was so cool I couldn't put it down. Even when it got pretty late. That night I had a scary dream. I mixed my own secret potion. Added dirt, a bit of sludge, some eyes of flies, and a tiny dab of suntan lotion. I started shaking, my legs were quaking, my stomach aching, my brain was breaking. Started turning green, feeling mean, it was like in that story. I was acting strange, quite deranged, it was pure allegory. Allegory, a story where the characters stand for abstract ideas. For example, good and evil. Cause I was Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. When I awoke, I was me again. I hit the book out of sight. It was so cool I couldn't keep away. So I took it out again that night. And then I dreamed we had this test in school. I gotta say, it was weird. We had to give the answers in semaphore and for extra credit, grow a beard. I couldn't take it, just couldn't take it. In one swift motion, I grabbed my potion. <laughs> I said, Mr. Hyde has arrived, tossed my flags on the floor, made a major speech, told the teeth, this is all a big bore. Ran down all the halls, rolled on walls, even stole second base. I was super bad, sure was glad I wasn't wearing my face. Cause I was Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll, 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 Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. simply had to stop. I threw that potion away. But it didn't matter if I drank the stuff. I just kept on changing anyway. Now I was Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. Just when it seemed there was no way out. I saw the book was overdue. The book lady said, Are you returning? I thought, and I said, No. Renew! My dog pal, the Binky song. Oh, 
Noisy Buffs, uh, basically the reprise. My Nightlight, Go to Sleep, Thinking Tune, Lucky Pencil, Homework. You really worked hard today. You can say that again. Okay. Class, you really worked hard today. Now that the school day is through, I've got something special for you. I hope it's ice cream. Just a little homework tonight. 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 Read 19 chapters of history. List 63 adverbs alphabetically. Neatness counts. Chart the journey that Balboa took. Do the first thousand problems in your new math book. Just a little homework tonight. That's a lot of homework. Just a little homework tonight. Just a little homework tonight. Just a little homework tonight. Buster, pay attention. There's a quiz tomorrow. I think I got it. A little homework. Poetry Club, The Ballad of Buster Baxter. Buster Baxter went away and he came back. When he did, his friends are what he found. Leftover goulash. And Crazy Bus, the third and final part. There was uh, also a follow-up Christmas album. Uh, and now for my favorite episodes. Uh, and how they did our other episodes was there was two like eleven to fifteen minute episodes in one episode, split by like live footage of kids being sent prompts from PBS. So like they would mm-hmm. they would have to oh this is what we're creating in class today and then they they would relate it somehow to whatever was happening in that episode of Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have in no particular order here are my favorite episodes, Arthur and the Mister Real Ratburn. This one is um like you know that feeling when you hear a teacher is like a real fucking piece of shit and you make yourself anxious about it. Yes. That's basically what this episode is, because they all hear all this shit about Mr. Rapper being a fucking monster that eats nails for breakfast and collects boys' heads. So you're like, uh, mm-hmm. what the fuck? But it turns out, mm-hmm. um, he builds his own puppets and does, like, puppet shows for, uh, little kids at the library, or, like, if they have, you know, like, big town events, he'll come and do puppet shows for little kids. So they, they mm-hmm. learn that he's not, you know, like some crazy fucking monster guy. Um, you, right. You have Buster's Dino Dilemma, and this is what happens, like, this is it shows what happens if you do something that you're not supposed to, and you let it eat at you until you admit it. It's basically like Arthur's Telltale Heart, because Buster steals, uh-huh. Buster steals a fossil from the museum. Like, you know, like when you went to the museum and you did, like, 
a mini excavation, and really they just sure. threw fossils in there and you dusted it off. Yes. Buster steals a fossil, and like Uh-oh. the guilt just eats at him until he eventually turns it in. Mm-hmm. You have Arthur's lost book, which is uh like a spooky episode because DW narrates it as such. And it's about Arthur taking out way too many books at once, and he loses one of the books um, from a series called the Scare Your Pants Off books. This was like an homage to Goosebumps, because gotcha. Mark Brown was friends with R.L. Stein. Uh, so he loses the book, and it comes out at the end that the class bully picked it up and read it, but he didn't want people to know that he was reading so he just kind of held in, mm-hmm. held on to it and turned it back into the library, and Arthur's like fucking pissing himself because he can't find this book, and eventually the librarian like tells him, oh no, I mean, someone turned this in already. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Arthur and the Crunch Cereal Contest. That's where Arthur wants to win a year's supply of basically their universe's Crunch Berries. Can't blame him. No, definitely cannot blame him. Uh, he tries to create a new jingle for them, but he basically fucking sucks and ends up just stealing a song that D.W. is singing about her imaginary friend Nadine. Oh, I have a hunch, breakfast, dinner, and lunch would be so fine to munch if I had it with Nadine. He, he changes, like, one word, and then he's going to mail it in, but he feels bad about it and ends up switching the name to D.W., and she ends up winning the contest. Uh, D.W. Snow Mystery, which is, D.W. puts a snowball in the freezer, and it disappears. And literally the whole episode mm-hmm. is, like, a whodunit with Buster playing the detective. And, of course, Buster's big thing is, like, he loves aliens, so he really is you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they basically argue about it for almost an entire year, because she doesn't shut up about her snowball until it starts snowing the next year. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, we've all, you know, if you have a sibling, you've been there. I do. You know, like... I certainly do have a sibling. You know exactly what it's like to have somebody not shut the fuck up about something just so (laughs) inconsequential. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You have My Dad the Garbage Man, when Mr. Rapper's class goes on field trips to several of the students' parents um, at work to learn about their careers, Francine's kind of like, oh, fuck, I don't want nobody to know that my dad is a garbage man. So she pretends like he's in the CIA and the garbage man is just his cover. Mm-hmm. But when they find out that he is a garbage man and like he takes, he takes shit that's broken and tries to repair it into cooler things, they realize, like, oh, wow, dude, Francine's dad is cool as shit. And so she kind of, like, gets over the fact that her dad is a garbage man. I mean, you know, we know some really cool guys who were garbage men. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's yep. in love with my soap. And uh, there's that. Yeah. He is in love with your soul. <laughs> um, the Scare Your Pants Off Club. Uh, and this is definitely just 
like an in joke at was at what was happening during this time because this came out around the same time the Goosebumps books were be were starting to be like banned and brought up at like PTA meetings for being like too oh much. Oh God, they're so scary. Yeah, they're so scary. So this is like the parents are trying to petition the books. Yep. And, you know, no. <laughs> like, these are definitely just kids' books. Yeah. No. Um, you have Arthur's Lucky Pencil, which is so relatable because, like, you know when you're little, you find something and you're like, no, this is my lucky so-and-so. And um, it's just a fucking, absolutely. fucking placebo effect, you know? That's what this pencil yes. is. Um, I had lucky, I had lucky... Uh, everything. I have a lucky eraser, lucky pencil, lucky pencil box, lucky lunchbox. Absolutely. Hell yeah. You have the Ballad of Buster Baxter, which is Buster goes away for the summer to be with his dad, because his dad is a pilot. And when he comes back, he learns that, like, you know, as you grow up as a kid, a summer is a huge fucking chunk of your life. Like, you change yeah. a lot in between each school year, you know? Mm-hmm. So he comes back and he sees that all his friends started liking shit that they didn't before. Like, Cresblay and the Magician. Uh, the cherry mm-hmm. on top of this episode is the fact that Art Garfunkel follows Buster around the whole time, basically roasting him the whole episode for disappearing for the summer. He's a sad, sad bunny. A sad, sad bunny. TV isn't funny when you're a sad, sad bunny. Hey! That's not very sad music. He's a sad, sad bunny. A sad, 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 sad bunny. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, you have 10 and 11 here, which are Binky Rules slash Meet Binky. This is when the name Binky keeps getting uh, graffitied all over the town. And when it finally happens at the school, they accuse the student Binky. And in, tar- in part two, it turns out that Binky was a new pop group, something akin to ABBA. Except they were a hologram band. What's crazy about this is, like, it actually predated Gorillaz. Which is another yeah. hologram band. So you're like, huh. Right. Okay. Uh, you have Arthur Rides the Bandwagon. This episode was meant to, like... There's debate as to whether what the fuck it's supposed to mirror. If it's supposed to be Beanie Babies or Furbies. I've heard some people even say it's Webkins. But I'm like... Uh, the timing doesn't match up. Basically, Arthur has to fend off, like, falling for this new craze. Squishy toys called Woogles. Woogles? Why? Let's make this a great class picture. Big smiles. Wait a second. Where's your Woogle? Yeah, you! Bow tie! Um... I I don't have one. Oh, this is a disaster. Let me think. Let me think. Aha! You sure I don't look doofy? No, kid. 
You look great. No one will notice the difference. After that, everyone called me Broccoli Head. Father, do you mean you don't have a Woogle to give me? Every other kid in my school has their parents old Woogle. No, I don't have one. Sorry. It can't be true. Oh, the shame. I only hope there are some kind grown-ups out there with extra woogles who will take us in. And he only gives in at the very end, only to find that, like, everybody was over it. He then clicks right. he clicks the top of a bottle, and kids are reminded that sometimes, like, your lizard break kicks in and you don't even need a toy. All you need to do is, like, click the fucking bottle top. Right. Because I know you. You fucking click all the goddamn time. Yeah, I do. Uh, you have the long, dull winter, which this one nails exactly what it feels like during that time between New Year's and Valentine's Day, because you you went from Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's to like nothing for nearly two months. Mm-hmm. Like you get spoiled with holidays, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, that's all we got, no more holidays. Uh, so the gang has to think up a holiday, like they have a little contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have, from Buster, he comes up with Give Me Candy Day, where everyone has to give Buster candy. That's the whole holiday. Okay. Um, Relatable. Or Francine's holiday, the Nothing to Do Today Day, which I will put in her song that she does. Oh, the weather outside is crummy, and you feel... As lively as a mummy, then there's nothing to do or say. It's there's nothing to do today, day. Don't you know when there's nothing to do, you can do anything that you want to. You can go to sleep, run and play, or there's nothing to do. Nothing to do today, nothing to do today, nothing to do today, nothing to do today, I've enough! Uh, you have Arthur's Almost Live Not Real Music Festival. This is where all the fucking bangers come from, like Jekyll Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde. That just, once you hear it, it's just gonna be in your brain for days. And I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. You have okay. What scared Sue Ellen? Sue Ellen, who dismisses Arthur Buster and Binky's scary stories, is frightened by a mysterious howl in the woods, which she thinks is a Baba Yaga or a banshee. Ooh. So she enlists the help of Arthur, Buster, and Binky to investigate. When they find out that the howl is coming from Mrs. Wood's dog Perky, who has been trapped in a tree stump. Oh, no. Who put Perky in the tree stump? Who put Perky in the tree stump? You have Arthur's Big Hit. This one does a lot for character building. Um, 
Arthur finally gets pushed to the edge and just fucking whops DW. This is the episode that the Arthur, like, angry fist meme comes from. Oh? Yeah. You also learn that Binky was only acting tough, and when it's suggested that he should punch Arthur for punching DW, he gets anxious and just starts avoiding Arthur at all costs. Eventually, the two meet up, and Binky, by peer pressure, knocks him on his ass, and Arthur realizes only then what he did to DW. Mm. Then you have That's a Baby Show, which is basically Arthur making fun of DW watching a show for babies called The Love Ducks. The Love Ducks. Hello, Love Ducks. It's a fine day. friends love the show i mean roast the show until they end up loving it which god happens now uh sure it does you know like you're like i'm not gonna fucking like that and then all of a sudden you're like fuck (laughs) um arthur goes crosswire which is arthur and muffy save a celebrity and it gives them huge heads which Muffy already had one, but Arthur starts copying Muffy and basically becomes a mini Muffy and starts calling everything vomitrocious. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you have probably the fucking funniest episode. It's called Bleep. And DW learns a swear word and it goes about as well as a four-year-old knowing a swear word goes. <laughs> everybody. I'm here on the set of The Altos. You know, that TV show about the family life of a gangster? They've agreed to let me teach you a little something about television. Here is what's known as the bleep. Whenever you hear it means there's something that you're not supposed to hear. Here is the person who is making the Watch and listen how it's used. This is terrible, Apple Betty. It's my mother. Now, there was a woman who could make an amazing Apple Betty. When she made it, the whole neighborhood stood outside a house. Saying that woman was. If it's okay with you, T, I'd like to give that pastry chef a taste of his own cannoli. Hey, none of you. So much as unless I say so, capiche? Cut, and there you have it. Grr. DW, I think she just said it. DW, are you listening to me? Uh oh. Dora Winifred Reed. What? Did you just say to me? Um, K. 
Can I have a soda? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up a clip here because there's a great debate as to whatever, what it is that she says. Because it is beeped out. And some of the context she uses it in, and you're like, what, what, what fucking word is that? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Um, you have the fright stuff, where Arthur, Brain, Binky, and Buster are all pra- are all pranked by an unidentified prankster. It basically ends up being the girls, and then they all try to out prank each other at a Halloween party. At the very end, though, it turns out there was an actual ghost in the house. It was very hard for me to narrow down a list to just those episodes. Because even, like, watching the first season again, I'm like, wow, dude. All these episodes slapped. Totally. You need to go and fucking watch it. I will. But it's on. Definitely it's will. on Amazon Prime. Uh, you have to have PBS Kids. Uh, but you can do a thirty day trial. Okay, I'll do it. Cool. Um, you know who never has to face any tough choices? Who? That's Facty. The fact of the box. Uh, Mark Brown has won several major awards for his children's books, five Emmy Awards, and a Peabody Award. Like, even so much as, like, I think in the last two years, Arthur won an Emmy. Yeah? So it's, like, stayed consistently good. Oh. Um, he sneaks his kids' names into all the books and show. Uh, Tolan Adam, Tucker Elliott, and Eliza Morgan. And it, how he started doing that was brilliant. He he put them in one book to get them to try to find it so they would shut up. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to just do that with every fucking book. Uh, the series made history in 1997. It became the first daily program to make use of descriptive video service, a program that describes the series so that it's uh, accessible to blind or visually impaired people. Which is nice. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the first season cost $12 million to make. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there's a fuckload oh. of other references to other shows in Arthur. Like mm-hmm. other TV shows and films. You have Henry Screever, which is a parody of Harry Potter. The Scare Your Pants mm-hmm. Off books. And Vegemorphs, which is Goosebumps and Animorphs. Keeping up with the Chimera Hounds, which is keeping up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. The Love Ducks parody the Teletubbies. Galaxy Kittens was a parody of the Powerpuff Girls. Um, the Sable Stallion, which is a book Francine enjoys, was a parody of the children's book The Black Stallion. Uh, the black and white horror film The Squirrels was a parody of The Birds. Pea Brain and Nuthead was a parody of Beavis and Butthead. Mary Moo Cow was a parody of Barney. Fluffy the Unicorn was a parody of My Little Pony. Crazy uh, Crazy Bus was a parody of the Magical School Bus. Uh, they also 
have a part where they're animated like South Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, parodies of real life products too, like Rugles. Like I said, there's debate as to whether or not it's Furby, Webkins, or Beanie Babies. Polly Locket was a parody of Polly Pocket. World Girls was a parody of American Girl Dolls. Uh, Larry the Lemon was a parody of Bananas and Pajamas, aka mm-hmm. Pazuzu and Pajamas. Yes. Um, and these are basically just put in there to like keep adults like, oh shit, okay, Arthur. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's fucking what I got on Arthur. That's awesome. I fucking love Arthur. I know you do. Like, catch me with this fucking Arthur CD. (laughs) Like, I definitely bought a copy once on eBay. I know. I also bought the Pokemon, uh, original Pokemon series soundtrack, too, because... Did you? Oh, hell yes. You don't think the Pokerap... It's like burnt into your fucking brain. Uh, I think you know how important it is to me, so... Yeah. Catch me out there like, Charmeleon! Wartortle! Mewtwo! Tentacruel! Aerodactyl! Ammonite! Slowpoke! Yes. Pidgeot! Arbok! That's all, folks! Love it. Ugh. The best. At least 150 or more to or see. more to see. To be a Pokemon master is my destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um. So thank you for listening to 100 fucking episodes. That's pretty fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm not fucking going anywhere. Regardless right. of what some people would like. I'm still here, baby. If you like what you heard and learned, you can do one of the following. You can follow us on all social media. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. You can leave us a five-star rating and review anywhere that you can. It definitely helps. Or you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Podcast. Until next time, remember, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, John, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. Well, while you were stuffing your face, Mommy and I were hard at work. Well, it's too late. Your mama says he's coming. Yo, yo, ma. Oh, how boring. We're talking about the mall. Stuff to buy, clothes to try on, fun. My inventions are not boring. Without lights, you'd have to shop in the dark. Oh, sorry. I guess you already do. I hate school. Mr. Haney, he didn't mean it. Mom, the phone is... Can you get it, Tito, will you? I have my hands full. What do you want? DW? Oh, 
I don't need makeup. I'm already beautiful. <gasps> but Francine doesn't have any, and she sure could use some. Do I have a little more H2O? What? Okay, I wrote out the whole recipe. Now we can make our own cookies and drive that rat out of business. Um, guys? Did I hear a little rat squeak? Hey, Mom, you have gray hairs on your head. Dad, have you always had those bags under your eyes? To have been invented approximately 3,000 B.C. Can anyone tell us what these early Sumerians might have done with their new wheel? Mr. Baxter. Build Francine's bicycle? Together. Even baboons are closer than we are. You're overreacting. Can we help it if some of us have lives? I've got the entry form. I've eaten 15 boxes of crunch. And this is my jingle. So we're going to play it my way. Any questions? Francine, it's not her fault she has to ride an ugly old bicycle and wear unfashionable hand-me-downs. Just think how you would feel. To swim. Who wants to waste time learning how to swim? Bombs away! reasons. Binky, stand up! Huh? Just a couple of streets. I made you a map. This is a map? It looks like a game of tic-tac-toe played by blind squirrels.